Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Spiritual Unity Radio Network, a station dedicated to the concept that all manifestations of the divine are equally valid. Join Reverend Terry Power HP, Robin McKean, and all the hosts for programming covering a wide range of spiritual topics, right here on Blog Talk Radio. Our first 
um, event in the end of April had Dan Aloha and the folks from the American Workforce Association, and they shared a lot of information on what the difference is between uh, um, a 199 and a W-2 uh, worker and uh, the ways you can get yourself or find yourself in trouble if you weren't aware of the differences. And uh, this second event opens the door to employers uh, recruiting through the library, so I'm very excited about that. And uh, I'm greatly honored to introduce our guest for this segment, Bill Waitman. Bill and I go way back, and uh, for the past few years, we've been doing uh, uh, lots of things together, primarily e-radio. And uh, Bill is now part of this new uh, career center, and he's going to be speaking soon about uh, apprenticeship programs. Greetings and welcome, Bill. How are you? Hello, Bill. Yeah, can you hear me? I can hear you now. Uh, Let me uh, play with the board here. Okay, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Very good. Okay, fantastic. Uh, Bill, it's great uh, to finally, like, return the circle to its uh, source. Uh, It seems like we've been doing so many things that we kind of strayed uh, uh, from working together on the the vocational stuff, even though both of us worked on vocational stuff uh, independently. Uh, Now, why don't you share a little bit about uh, your extensive uh, background? Because you are a living legend and you've contributed so much to the field uh, since I've been in it in uh, the late 70s, early 80s. Well, I uh, I started in uh, uh, Trenton. Well, I actually started in some government programs to put people to work. Uh, one was called MDT, Manpower Development Training Program. It ran out of, uh, in my case, it ran out of Newark. And uh, after that uh, moved on, it was a Kennedy uh, Johnson initiative. I moved on to the uh, people, uh, I can't think of the name of it. It was ba- basically a public employment program. And again, I was in Newark. Uh, uh, the economy was a big factor. Uh, this was probably uh, part of the Nixon administration for me. Um, I, I was lucky. I, I, I did a lot of work there, and I helped a lot of people get jobs. And then uh, one day, because I had a good statistical background with the, the mathematics of statistics, I was called to Trenton to do research. And I worked with both the uh, the federal government and uh, New Jersey state government in developing tests, uh, apprenticeships, uh, uh, did a whole slew of things, uh, helped build a railroad called a, a, a cellar for Amtrak. I did a lot of the training and uh, testing in New Jersey. I, uh, it sounds like I'm making this up because uh, somebody told me it was hard to believe. I uh, worked in the casino industry to help set up our casinos wasn't my uh-huh. fault that uh, it failed. Uh, <laughs> Trump uh, had something to do with the three. But we developed a um, uh, college courses for casino uh, workers, uh, private and public, with County Atlantic County College. Uh, we developed assessments. We had no help from Las Vegas because we were looking to develop our test on that. And um, we went down there and uh, under with Trump and all the casinos, we also developed, I developed a English as a second language test to gauge people's uh, language facility to uh, train them to work in the casinos. And I also worked on accent reduction because the casinos were hiring Asians uh, to deal with an Asian public, but also a public that was multi-relational. Multi, uh, 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 
We got in trouble uh-huh. statistically with the uh, project and our test development. And um, uh, my boss uh, took a buyout and retired. And uh, he's a tremendous painter. He's still on the uh, on the circuits doing his paintings. His name is uh, Thomas Chessar. And uh, I ran this quasi unit and I uh, offered all kinds of assistance. English has a second language. Uh, I uh, hooked my staff into doing surveys, large scale surveys. And this is that government. People will say, well, government workers are paid too much. But these were salaries for the AFL-CIO and the state's uh-huh. largest uh, business association, the NJBIA, 19,000 members. Uh, I did those surveys free using my own software, which uh, was developed in Arizona for me. And uh, mm-hmm. I, I enjoyed every second of that. Time came on. Um, that wasn't going to work. Uh, I was with the Whitman administration. I was uh, I had developed a lot of training from with Amtrak from Plattsburgh, New York, where a seller was running around like a Lionel train track to uh, uh-huh. up and down the east east coast. And that was one of the, my most. I mean, I did projects at Nabisco and. Uh, uh, a lot of candy companies that, and cookie companies like Mars. Uh, that turned me into a diabetic, unfortunately. Uh, but <laughs> I lost my I, I, I've been losing I, my I, weight. I got there along a different path. But, <laughs> but still, I, got <laughs> I used too. to stop into Mars just to uh, – it's in Hackettstown. And I, I think it recently yes. merged with um, Wrigley Gum, uh, and they're doing a lot of projects. I'm not there anymore, but – I was honored to be their best business asset, and um, and locally. Uh, then I went to Sussex County. I had a tragic fire. Um, I was a Democrat in Republican County, but the local state senator, and this is where I met you, he said, um, "You're not going to Trenton anymore." Because not only did I go to Trenton, I went to Detroit. I love Detroit. Uh-huh. A lot of people say, "Why do you love Detroit?" I had so much fun because I love sports. And I went to Wayne State out there. I went to three, uh, three or four universities here. I took statistics at Stevens. Uh, but uh, going there and being educated there and dealing with uh, different populations in Trenton, you know, for a couple of weeks at a time. Not Trenton. Trenton, I was there almost all the time. But as I said, I, Hercules, you will not believe this factor, and I don't think your uh, listeners will. I went through 30 cars in my 40 years. And, and I can believe it. It was it's just crazy. I uh, I I enjoyed every minute of it, but when I had that house fire, I had a different purpose. Uh, the senator said, "You're not going anymore," and he was the budget chair of the Senate. Uh, I took on uh, Christie, Governor Christie, uh, not Governor Christie, but uh, Governor Whitman, uh, mm-hmm. because she challenged him. He was a Republican. He was the budget chair, and that was risky. But uh, he did. He put me in so many power spots. And when you were coming up to the armory, which I asked the senator to make uh, for youth programs, but he decided to go with the youth programs and put me there. So I got an additional office. I basically was in two counties with three offices. And I belong to something called the Workforce Investment Board of three counties. That's something big uh, that for is your awesome. listeners and people out of work because – you have one in uh, Bergen County. Uh, there's one in Passaic County. I believe Tammy Molinelli uh, is the direct 
WIB chair, Workforce Investment Chair, and there's a business executive from the corporate world that oversees this, uh, Essex County, uh, my friend Kathy Weaver, I believe she's the WIB chair, and I, I for some strange reason, uh, I just slipped out of my mind uh, who the Sussex Morris Warren WIB guy was. But uh, Senator Littell had set me up in so many different functions and that, the WIB. So I helped oversee training and uh, apprenticeships. By the way, uh, while I was in Trenton, I developed apprenticeship tests. Uh, I hooked up with ACT, American College Testing. Your listeners would be familiar with the AC College Test. This was a test called WorkEase. And um, we'll talk about apprenticeships uh, here and maybe further down the line, definitely. But apprenticeships... I would like you to talk about that at the library for uh, people coming in because uh, uh, the things that you've uh, shared are amazing, and most people don't know that these opportunities exist. These are $100,000 jobs in many cases. Uh, You know, I mean, uh, union electrician, you earn while you work. You follow me? They have to put 140 hours classroom uh, training in. That, but the two unions that I know have uh, ones in uh, Franklin Lakes, kind of a strange place for a union hall, but maybe it goes with the salary levels. You know what I mean? And they've arranged for that that training, that in-house or uh, uh, educational training uh, to lead to a, a college degree with an uh, with a um, associate's degree. And that's a lead. I've known electricians that have gone to be principals in schools. So the, the, the earning and learning doesn't stop. But I uh, had developed uh, for all, almost every craft union except the electrician. But I did things with them. I did surveys for the AFL-CIO. And uh, I find that your listeners, uh, even if there's an employer listening, uh, apprenticeship is a one-page form with the Bureau of Apprenticeship Training. There's some guidelines and rules, but it's a one-page form. And... Uh, uh, if, if they follow that, there are certain rewards for the businessmen, too, as, including, uh, you, know, you know, better workers that are key. Uh, I'm, I'm proud to say that my son is a uh, – now he, he was in the union, the, uh, the IBEW Local 102 in Parsippany, but now he runs his own business, and he's making six figures. Uh, and he, oh, great. He's on home advisor and he runs around. That's they can make money. College kids, yeah, you can be a social worker and you might make thirty, forty thousand. But if you've got good math skills, have some ability with uh, geometry because I can't. You'll know better the uh, theories that I'm taught. Was it Pythagoras theory? Help me with the the math. <laughs> that's not that's not my strong point either. Uh, like you, I got into workforce development by being a statistician, you know, uh, because my math skills were sufficient for that. Uh, and that opened the door to my getting involved in all sorts of interesting uh, things. Uh, but I'm really not up on my math. So we're probably on the same level on that. But I'll help where I can. Well, they just with that kind of union and some of the others, uh, uh, in New Jersey, for instance, are, uh, I'm not too crazy about him. Hopefully people won't be mad at me. Steve Sweeney. Uh, who's the Senate president and uh, giving the governor a lot of trouble and uh, maybe uh, that marijuana law has been delayed now. Um, 
but I did his union too. Uh, he's the uh, iron workers, and uh, I did him on both sides of the river. And working with uh, ACT, I used uh, their training materials to train new workers to work on the old Amtrak lines. And older workers, I switched over to the uh, Acela model, at least then. Uh, I ran into trouble because Governor Whitman was on the board of the, of the train association, whatever, and she killed my projects here in New Jersey, which were thousands of dollars that would have helped pay taxpayer uh, lower taxes in a significant way and would have given jobs to New Jersey workers. Instead, out of all places, Dowling State, uh, I set up three training centers for, uh, uh, for that line. And then one was in Boston, one was in Northern Virginia, and the other one was in Queens at a college called Downing State. Never figured that one out. And a whole slew of jobs. And I was supposed to work at New Jersey Transit, which has a lot of problems. And uh, I don't know if I would have settled them, but the training would have been better than anything they had. But, yes, definitely apprenticeship for all people should look. Uh, they can look, go to a, a local one-stop or your library. Your library probably has participation with the Bergen County uh, Workforce Investment Board. Again, uh, Ms. Molinelli, I think she's the wife of a prosecutor, is no longer a prosecutor, but uh, she directs that one stop in uh, the Hackensack office, and uh, I believe there's an office in Anglewood, which is just down the road from you. That, that can get help. But libraries are players in the Workforce Investment Board, uh, yes. key players, because I everybody can go to a library. I discovered that recently. Um, Kreska Library is a designated uh, career uh, uh, stop library, and we've been evolving it. And as I progressed through that, I'm, uh, I was provided with access to more and more resources. And the last batch of resources I was provided with, it's unbelievable how much uh, uh, information and how many resources exist to help people. So uh, it's going to be a process of integrating it into what we're doing more fully but uh, um, Astrid and I were recently uh, talking, and uh, we've both been focusing on the positive things that are already there in the community to help people. And if you start mm -hmm. focusing on that, it's, it's, there's so much for you. You can't possibly even keep track of it all. Uh, it's amazing, and you're humbled. At, even though we're going through difficult times, there are a lot of good people trying to do good things uh, for everybody in the community. Uh, and what's uh, lacking is a way to be aware of all these great things. And uh, so we're starting to do that, just share the information more and more. Well, you're in a good county. Uh, I mean, a progressive yes. county, in a sense, no matter which political parties uh, involved. I know currently I think it's the Democrats, but the Republicans uh, have always done uh, well by the workforce in, in, in the county as well. Uh, and you've got some good mayors. Uh, yes, you've got we have great libraries here. all over the county, uh, and uh, uh, you've got a. I don't. I'm, I'm a little short on the record, but uh, I did a lot of work with the record. I did research studies with the record, uh, but the record had. I don't know if they still have the people there, but they have some resume experts that are excellent that come out and uh, they will go to a library and tutor people on how to do a, res, a resume, and uh, the Department of Labor. If they go on the Department, New Jersey Department of Labor, which I'm saying New Jersey Department of Labor, New Jersey Department of Labor and Workforce Development, uh, mm -hmm. there are web, there are websites, there are ways to uh, develop uh, key res, uh, resumes. 
that'll hook into Indeed, which is a major, uh, uh, you know, website for jobs, but also the department's own website, website where companies uh, directly can enter jobs and applicants can respond. So there's so much out there. Uh, there are self-assessments if you in your libraries. Uh, if people want to test, check their personality or check their interests, uh, I don't know if they're still using the DOL uh, interest test. I actually helped develop that, but uh, that's out of Detroit. Uh, but there are so many interest inventories, probably in a career section. I got to tell you, Hercules, I'm, I'm in Florida, and I was just in a bookstore, uh, Books a Million, and I couldn't find uh, anything. <laughs> really? <laughs> Helping people. Not a. There are more toys in Books a Million than books. Uh, I would recommend people that they go into uh, Barnes and Noble. Also, uh, there's some great materials there that are uh, uh, that are in the uh, on sections on looking for jobs, uh, keeping check on jobs. You and I have talked about artificial intelligence. A lot of things are going to change. Jobs yes. like coders uh-huh. are going to disappear. We don't need coders anymore because, and that's sad, because in in a couple of years. Coders will be re- replaced by the last or newest stage of artificial intelligence, which will do self-coding. Now, you and I t- talked about uh, shows like um, Twilight Zone. I just read right. a piece on how uh, artificial intelligence and robots can finally take over and eliminate us. But that's a different topic. Um, that, that's, that's a little scary. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, there's so much out there. Uh, people need to benchmark their skills. I would use the Department of Labor side. I would use the, I would use the uh, all the uh, assets of the library. Uh, if, if somebody needs help and they call Bergen, uh, the Bergen Record, um, I don't know if they still do it, but they'll send up a great, uh, you know, one or two. They have, they had three people on staff that did res, resume help, resume help, and you've got offices near you that could stop up from the Department of Labor. And uh, I would go through the uh, WIB board, Workforce Investment Board, because they're in your Hackensack area. And also, Hercules, make a trip to the Workforce Investment Board yourself. I definitely will, uh, yes. It's, uh, uh, it's in Hackensack. I forgot the location. But everything is hooked into it. Libraries, county colleges like Bergen County, uh, which has uh, – uh, I believe it still has schools in Paramus, uh, Hackensack. Uh, I did a large Hispanic research project with uh, a, Ber- a Bergen County College sample in Hackensack. And strangely, on Route 3, they have another campus. I didn't realize Bergen County College is that big. Uh, but they, but they, and I believe that's in Lyndhurst. Uh, there's so many great assets in your county beyond that. Plus yes, you, there, there uh, is. have so many great jobs. You know, We're very blessed uh, for to people. live here. We have a lot of people who care about other people and are, are trying, uh, even though opinions may uh, vary and sometimes uh, uh, that gets into heated discussion, um, just about everybody I've ever met here is very well-intentioned and wants what's best uh, uh, for uh, you know Bergen County, so uh, uh, you're right. We have a lot of resources here, and we have a lot of good people here. I know. Before I came on, I actually I um, uh, I met a lady on Facebook who got hit by a car. She's African American, and uh, she for ten years. I I don't know if she can walk. I I've, 
I like her. She's very, she's very educated. Uh, I, I was going to tell you she has ties to Essence Magazine. I think she works out of her uh, home. But uh, anyway, she sent me her cousin, and uh, he has developed some uh, things like for cameras, for for homes, uh, home invasions, and things like that. And he's a vet, and uh, I just started helping him uh, with. In, in this case, I I referred him to Kathy Weaver. I don't know if she's still the WIB director in in Newark. Uh, there's, okay. There's I think 19 or that we have 21 counties, but I don't believe every like Sussex County uh, is part of the Morris Sussex Warren WIB. So that's a three county WIB. So we don't have all 21 counties having their own WIB. Uh, that's a problem too. But uh, there's always county colleges, state colleges. In your county, you have Felician College, which uh, does so many wonderful things. Uh, they have a number of campuses, and they sit on your uh, WIB board. That would be a good guess to get on radio or in I wrote, the library. I wrote her name, I and uh, I will call her. And if you can, uh, if you can give her a heads up, I'd appreciate that. I'll look it up. I just saw it, and I, I, uh, I guess I'm having senior moments now. <laughs> I forgot. I, I, I looked up and I realized, wow. <laughs> I looked up and I saw I was in, a, in Venice, Florida, which is 12 miles away, and I said, boy, I gotta get home quick. I mean, <laughs> I, otherwise, I was gonna stop on uh, on uh, Route 41, which is a uh, uh, it was a song by some group uh, uh, years ago. Uh, I, had, I can't remember who. Uh, it's not the who. But anyway, I made it in time for you. But uh, Sarah, oh, it's, this is very important. And uh, I'm not just saying this uh, about Bergen County because I grew up in Bergen County. And uh-huh. uh, I've done research studies with even your school. I got Tenafly, Anglewood, uh, Dwight Morrow in Anglewood, uh, Richfield, Leonia, Palisade Park, uh, and I'm leaving out another, I'm, I'm sure I'm leaving out another school in the county, uh, Lodi maybe, or Garfield. Uh, but uh, they were part of a uh, national sample of 4,000 students uh, from uh, 17, in New Jersey, 17 out of the 21 counties, and cl- including two schools up by me. Uh, Ashley would know there was some trouble with our high school uh, not helping people in uh, in one of our school districts, and I just recently wrote a piece on that, and lo and behold, it was settled. Maybe it had nothing to do with me, but the, the parents thanked me. It was for parents with at-risk children uh, that had, uh, you know, um, physical and, and social issues to address, like, um, oh, what? having one of those moments now but uh yeah so i i enjoyed bergen county uh uh D- dwight morrow was uh and was a joy i almost wound up uh with the uh, principal put me on the children's network in a show but uh dr jones died but people in tenafly were excellent i did two studies with tenafly uh which were published but uh awesome uh, a lot of the stuff that I did in Trenton, I applied where well, you saw me in, in Newton and Franklin. Uh, these job centers now have computer computer uh, centers in them. Uh, yes. Your libraries have computer centers, and there may be even training on how to do that. I would say check 
your local uh, your local job centers for the for the training. It's free. Uh, there are grants with community colleges to get training, uh, and maybe the, and libraries certainly have this training because the world of work is dramatically going to change in so many ways. Uh, it's, even the military. It's changing already. Uh, I feel like a dinosaur. I have uh, nearly four decades in the field, uh, and and uh, I used to be cutting edge. Uh, so uh, here we're trying to be cutting edge again. Uh, but uh, anyway, what can you do? We're going to take a brief break, and then we'll be back, and we will continue with uh, Bill Waitman and Dan Uloa of the AWA will be joining our conversation. Until then, here's Merlin and I by Dave the Bard.
under this thin blanket, I can find no repose. And since the Battle of Arderis, I no longer care if the sky falls or if the sea and welcome back to the Elysium Project on Options and Opportunities Night. We continue our conversation with the legendary Bill Waitman, and joining us is Daniel Loa, uh, who is the visionary behind the American Workforce Association. Greetings and welcome back, gentlemen. Thank you. I'm here. Hey, hey how are you? Uh, awesome. Okay, Dan. Uh, hey, now, Bill. I'm, uh, 1,200 miles from you two. <laughs> and I'm honored that you're joining us from 1,200 miles away in Florida. Um, now, we've come full circle, kind of. Uh, I met Dan through Bill, and Dan was a guest on uh, Bill's uh, um, show. And uh, slowly I got to know Dan better, and I was very inspired by what he was doing. So uh, now I'm part of uh, what he's doing. Uh, and, uh, and that's been a very interesting uh, an adventure. Thank you, Dan, for being the first speaker at our first uh, Crestkill Library Career Center event. And uh, uh, thank you for introducing that element into what we're doing there. Oh, you're very welcome. It's been a great pleasure. And I'm looking forward to future presentations by uh, the American Workforce Association. As far as I know, there are at least three more. So uh, uh, that'll be uh, really great to, to have that. And I'm also glad that both of you um, are going to be involved uh, with us in uh, writing some grants and trying to create something a little bit different. Uh, as Bill pointed out and as I'm discovering, there are a lot of resources there. 
so we have to create something unique or uh, present something in a, a totally different way in order to offer optimal benefit because I don't want to just repeat what everybody else is uh, doing. So that will be a process of d- a discovery, and I'm glad that you guys are part of that process. No problem. It's, it's very interesting, and uh, the times are, tr- are challenging. Now, you yeah, brought up I'm glad uh, to be part of it. Um, Bill brought up AI, and that is something that's uh, already creeping into our reality at an alarming uh, rate. And although it's brought a lot of good, it's also brought a lot of uh, uh, things that are troubling uh, uh, people on all sorts of levels, uh, like including elections uh, and the sanctity of uh, information and uh, uh, proprietary questions and and so forth. Um, How can we uh, prepare for that? I guess wow. we'll, start with Bill. So, well, let's, let I, Bill I, I, go I, first because I have the contrary position. Okay, good. Okay. <laughs> Bill. Well, <laughs> I, I see that uh, we have, we're playing catch-up in technology. Uh, most experts uh, now see that China is, going to, uh, is on track to dominate 5G uh, mobile telecommunications. That's a whole new world of, of things to happen. Artificial intelligence, uh, if you get a hold of... Um, the economists, uh, the recent economists, you'll see how they're building trains, planes, and ports everywhere with their belt in the road and their digital uh, economy push by Alibaba, Tangent, and uh, which are basically both state-owned corporations. They don't have to deal like the U.S. That's kind of unfair, but uh, this, whoever dominates 5G is going to make very, very major strides ahead. We're fighting the wrong war on tariffs, uh, $69 billion to, um, uh, that the Chinese are attacking us and they're, whatever they're, we're charging them. In the long run, it's going to come back to hurt us, which it's a little late for that game. That should have ended with uh, President Clinton. Uh, we really have to harness our kids uh, into STEM and, and beyond STEM. We're in a, a fight for existence. This is the first time in history I'm not talking about Chinese hordes and yellow people and everything else because we have a a lot of fine Chinese people in our country and there's a lot of fine people in China. But we're falling behind militarily. We're falling behind. We're being robbed uh, militarily. We're being robbed. uh, Our corporations are being robbed. And for too long, we've been allowing this. I'm not a Trump fan, not in the least. Uh, But uh, we really have to kick butt. And, uh, you know, we have maybe 340,000 uh, students or people entering these fields, but that's, that's not enough when you're talking about millions and you're talking about two state companies that, uh, and a third, I, somebody helped me with the pronunciation of Hawaii, <laughs> which has been, uh, which has been stealing our secrets all along. H-A-W, uh, Dan, yes. can you help me with that? I thought there was another oh, Hawaii. I don't know. Uh, it's uh, we finally, uh, you know, we're trying to keep them out of our country, but it's a little bit too late. And they've stolen and uh, they've taken too many secrets. And they're uh, some key Scandinavian countries are in the way. And uh, our chip maker uh, is in bankruptcy. Our major chip chip maker. So what are we going to do? Rely on Chinese chips now uh, for our products? Our workforce is going to lose a lot of workers a lot of workers. 
uh, estimates are in the next two, three years, uh, maybe five million or more, maybe up to forty million. Uh, wow! And those figures worldwide are up to eight hundred million at this point. Uh, we're fighting the wrong deals with Mexico and Canada. Actually, there really is no deal. It's the same. You want to know something? The uh, negotiations are basically the same. It's all really a joke. Uh, and I, I and we're pushing. There are 10 countries in Latin America. I'm big on foreign policy, but there, there are 10 countries in, in uh, Latin America that belong to the Belt and the Road Project. Many of these countries that fall for this uh, Chinese initiative go bankrupt. And what do they have? And uh, Debuti, whatever is that uh, nation, uh, we have a, have a base there. The Chinese now who dug a deep water base, they have a base there because the country couldn't pay for the uh, – uh, and uh, for the uh, for the dam or the uh, deep water port. So, I mean, you've had the things with Russia on our coast two days in a row, today, another day. Um, we're entering strange times. Ten countries in Latin America. You guys remember the Monroe Doctrine? Uh, yeah. It seems like uh, Russia's in Venezuela. We don't know who's friends. Uh, Putin says one thing, and... Uh, uh, the president says one thing, and this is not just an anti-president uh, thing. We moved ahead with Kennedy. To get back in place, we need another virtual space uh, war like we had with Russia. We need to harness all our talent, all our children, uh, find jobs for everybody. Unions, uh, I know uh, Dan's dealing with unions. I created apprenticeships for almost every union in this state, including Steve Sweeney. Uh, the iron workers in Camden and Atlantic County. Uh, they, those are jobs that pay, and those jobs are needed. We can't write anybody off in this country because we have a population of 300 million and uh, 300 million plus, and we're turning people away from the borders. Uh, I don't know what that's uh, what that's going to lead to. Dan, it's, I, I'm giving a pessimistic story, but if we harness our talent, and we do, and we have a Kennedy-like call for progress, then we'll do well. Uh, New Jersey currently, the New Jersey economy uh, is doing well. There's 4.400 thousand people, uh, 4.400 thousand million people working in New Jersey. That's pretty good. Uh, three indicators show uh, 43 hours, 39 hours, and 40.1 hours for different occupational sectors. Uh, we need to keep that up. We need to be, we need to uh, we need a whole slew of new things. STEM is only the beginning. We really have to get away into artificial intelligence. And whether it's space or war, we don't even have enough sailors to operate our ships. Recruitment is down. In a military sense, we have 300. The push in Congress now is to get, and, and the president, is to get to 355 ships. You want to know something? India has 400. I mean, China just had a meeting last week, which we didn't attend, of naval showing off its new navy. Acceleration in all fronts is on the line. This is more than a space race with Russia. This is a race for our destiny. That's all I have to say. I went too long. That is, <laughs> that is very inspiring. And now I'm looking forward to Dan's uh, contrary uh, view. <laughs> the floor is yours, Dan. <laughs> So Bill has the position that the robots are going to take everybody's jobs and nobody will have jobs anymore. And it'll be a very Orwellian 
situation in that respect. So the thing about this is that we've heard such arguments before. You know, in the 1840s, the blacksmiths thought that the steel industry, steel plants, would be the death of their industry. Uh, you know, sh- you know, farmhands lost all their jobs when there became more machines uh, operating the plants, operating farms, and it was easier to harvest crops, so we didn't need so many farmhands. But what happened was people got creative. More jobs were created, you know, more, you know, we made steel, and then more industries came up. We made trains. And, you know, yeah, trains destroyed the whole industry of canals and canal barge ships that used to, like, transport goods, you know, here in New Jersey from, you know, like the Atlantic Ocean to the Raritan River to the uh, Delaware River. You know, that was only really in operation, like, 60 years or so. And the same could be said of the Erie Canal, so famous in upstate New York. So, and it wasn't really a great tragedy that they that they fell by the wayside, you know, because we got trains. We had more jobs because of trains. More okay. people were moving around and things for the better. The problem is now, though, is a couple of things. It's the nature of the labor law of the companies that are hiring of the startups, one, because they don't want to pay anybody uh, and they can get away with it. They can get away with these horrible laws in a way that they didn't have previously. One, two, they're really twisting things, so we're not really having competition when we have one company. When there's the argument of Facebook, we can't break it up because what other social media platform are you going to use? MySpace? Nobody knows what that is. You know, nothing does exactly what Facebook does. You know, and we have many other industries like that where we might have one or a handful of companies which is really stimming competition. So we have a lot of startups, mom and pops, who really can't get funding to scale and hire people when they would be good companies. So I think that's really the issue, for example. It's the nature of this hyper-capitalism. You know, I say hyper-capitalism, that we had an agreement in this country from about the 30s to the 70s where... You know, corporations understood that, you know, we had to pay workers, you know, they had to pay a little more taxes, and they would have stability. Then they realized that they could have stability for themselves, you know, and then they didn't have to pay people, and they could still make some more money. And then they wanted to make even more money. So now we have hyper-capitalism, where these corporations are gouging people, gouging people, putting out shoddy products uh, in the known as planned obsolescence, they're paying people poorly, and now they have everybody convinced that, oh, nobody's going to have jobs, so we can't raise any wages, we can't do anything. Oh, and yeah, we have to fight China. Well, you know, China is going to be a a problem right now. You know, they're pretty united right now, but, you know, they were united in the past, and then they fell apart in the past. So these things happen. It's not the end of the world, and... While it is, we do live in a globalized society, it is important to understand these issues of trade. I myself, you know, I'm more focused on domestic policy here. I do understand, though, how it is connected in our uh, global village nowadays. But, uh-huh. you know, I don't think that we have to resign ourselves 
to like an Orwellian future of hypercapitalism where everybody can't get a job or that everybody needs to have a STEM job. I myself have no math, have the most negligible mathematical math, most negligible mathematical ability for somebody with a <laughs> master's degree, quite frankly. There's nothing I disdain more than the sight of algebra and that backwards E, sometimes known as a sigma. <laughs> so I have no... I have no aptitude for math. I have no aptitude for techno- for engineering. My cousins are engineering are engineers. And I admire that greatly. I am very right-brained, a writer, variously good at it. So it's not that great, you know, for me and for many people like me to hear STEM, 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 when you know somebody excelled at the nature of the liberal arts, understanding philosophy, religion, history. Unfortunately, there aren't really jobs for that now in STEM. If you have no aptitude for it, doesn't really answer it. Doesn't really answer the uh-huh. question. Quite unfortunately. Well, can, so it is one of those things that we that? do have some writers that, in, in positions yes, creative that need backup, that need solidarity. That that was uh, another perspective and also very uh, inspiring and, and optimistic. Bill, you want to respond? Yeah. First of all, I I actually put a railroad together. I don't know if you heard the previous thing with Hercules, but I worked on Amtrak. I did the, the training designing in three states uh, for a seller. It went nowhere. It's not one of the world's fastest. Matter of fact, if you're talking about trains, planes, and anything, Mozambique has more railroads than the United States. You can look that up. Second of all, uh, there are, we don't jobs, robotics. It's not just robotics. Robotics can now think. Computers can think. Coders are no longer going to be needed because we've, rent, we've gone from the, from the early stage of artificial intelligence to the, to the third stage. And I, I guess there'll be a next stage. But the third stage, computers can actually think, and they can do their own coding. That's going to replace a lot of people that are in that gig economy. Second of, uh, third of all, uh, a lot of jobs are not here anymore. The pharmaceutical industry, we used to, we're in New Jersey. This used to be the medicine chest of the world. That's not true anymore. Anymore, uh, We have some, some companies left over, some companies play games and uh, talk about leaving Morris County. Actually, California has more pharmaceutical countries than us, uh, companies than us. And pro- uh, prices here are outrageous. Many people who are in low-paid jobs are not, cannot afford their drugs. They cannot afford insulin. Insulin is at an all-time high. When it was manufactured by, invented by three doctors, I don't know, 50, 60 years ago, they agreed that it would never go beyond a dollar and a quarter. It's up to four, five hundred or more. It's, this is a type, type work. The automobile plant. I set up lines with my boss at Ford, lines with Ford Company. My boss was paid by government salary and Ford Motor Company. These were the, based on the Japanese model. Uh, uh, this was in New Jersey, too, one of these plants. Plants now closed. So the auto industry is dramatically changing. Less workers. Uh, the president, uh, I don't know what he did with, with, the, with the domestic cars, but actually five plants are closing in Ohio. Uh, different cars. I have a car outside that gets 700 miles when it has $20 worth of gas. Things are changing dramatically. And there are computers in those cars. My car doesn't uh, doesn't need to be plugged in. It run it charges itself. 
on $20 worth of gas and gets up to six, 700 miles a gallon. Uh, well, there's no gallons. So things are rapidly wow. changing. This is not like, you know, the guys on the, uh, matter of fact, the word sabotage, you're talking about the, uh, the industries of the past, were guys that were so dissatisfied they threw their shoes into yes, the, the machine. That's what Marx uh, wrote about. A lot of the, I've been, Dan, I've spent my life looking at industry. I have one time, we put out a book, I don't know if it still exists, the Dictionary of Occupational Titles. There were 12,484 jobs, classifications, which included the automotive industry. A lot of these jobs are no longer existent. A box factory. You know what a box factory does? It makes cardboard. It folds it. Uh, it used to have hundreds of people. You only need a couple of people, and I don't know if this is still true, to walk on top of this 50-foot platform and keep the boxes in the tra- uh, uh, trade. Automation has displaced jobs. You're right uh, about from the, ninth, the great deal from up to the 1970s where workers' uh, salaries went up. Workers' salaries aren't really going up that much anymore. Uh, many of those jobs were manual labor or assembly line labor, which, is, which are replaced by robots. You really have to take a trip to a – there's no nearby assembly plant unless you go to Delaware because uh, we lost all ours in New Jersey. And uh, we lost many of our automobile representatives, like uh, Mercedes-Benz uh, uh, and uh, uh, and the other German cars makers uh, that had their had their main offices here. They're down in the south. Um, we have nobody to pick our crops. I guess you can say that uh, if the president cuts off uh, immigrants, oh, we have people to pick our crops. The They're still there. They just yeah, don't get paid, and they don't get documented. They don't get paid. They're there. They get paid a minimum. Uh, Cesar Chavez, and I work with Cesar Chavez as a uh, college college student like you. Uh, As a matter of fact, I saw him receive a award at the Robert Treat Hotel in uh, Newark with, um, oh, God, I forgot her name, Uh, famous uh, rock singer, a folk singer, and his aide. Joan Baez? Uh, Joan Baez, right, about 1972, and I believe Kenneth uh, Gibson was – also there, the mayor of Newark, they just named, or the oh, naming nice. Broad Street in his memory. But uh, uh, things are very tough. We're real, this is a space race. It is a race for our survival. It's in every field. Everything you can think of, things can automatically, how do you solve the need? If coders don't, are no longer needed, they're going to have a hard time staying home and taking their hours to work. They're going to have to get out and find something. And they will not be needed in the next four or five years. Our economics and technology are uh, – uh, there was a guy named Ogborn, uh, a, 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 a theoretician, who talked about ideas and technology, how they kept pace. We're not keeping pace for a large part of our population. Right now, the one good news is low-income workers are making – they're all right. They're doing okay. But the next recession <laughs> seems to be around the corner. This is a rare. I mean, we have, we're pretty, we have a, a full economy, but we know that, you know, here's the thing, and it's, it's a rule. If you have 3.6 or 3.3% unemployment for so many straight years, you start to look account, around the counter. And this is a theory, an economics theory, that you're going to hit with a uh, recession. 
the next recession is going to be a deep one. And we've got to be aware of it. I hope your program works. I'm not criticizing your program. I'm just telling you the reality. We have a Navy uh, that's not keeping up. We have an Army that's not keeping up. Uh, we're losing friends. We should be talking tariffs with our European uh, neighbors if we even need tariffs. Uh, we're not. We ignore them. Uh, most of those countries, one by one, are flipping to right wing. When did? Let me ask both of you something. When did right wing mean tied to, to Russia? I mean, because that's what's happening. You know, Australia, Austria, uh, Hungary. The, the Hungarian was just the president was uh, just here in the president's office. He's a right wing dictator virtually now, and the same is occurring in. The, I mean, going back to World War One, Austria, Hungary were one nation. So things are not so settled in NATO. Merkel was uh, jumped, uh, is, is leaving, and uh, Brexit, I think, is a bad idea for the U.K. We are in a global economy. I wish none of the stuff that I just said to you, Dan, and to you, Hercules, was not true. But I've been studying this stuff for 40, like Hercules said earlier, for 40 years. I looked at every industry in, in America, every industry, GE. Would either of you call GE a major corporation now? Not really, if you look at right. the facts and figures. It's, it's not. It's lost appliance plants. Uh, it still does things with turbines. It's selling another division now. It's, uh, we know that uh, AT&T is not the AT&T of the past. Somebody just bought the name and the telephones. They don't have the research. I was at uh, Bell Labs. Uh, we don't have – I don't even think Bell Labs is open anymore. It was one of the greatest research centers in the U.S., and it was in New Jersey, in two towns yes, in, uh, down in New Jersey. I was there for uh, – when they were talking about the screens for computers and uh, defense purposes. They were the ones that produced it. They produced the phone that I'm talking on. They invented tel- uh, the phones. They gave it up. Western Electric is gone. We don't have lo- phones with lines anymore, or rarely. I got one here that's – uh, on the line. So the things are, we've got to talk, start talking serious, and we've got to start planning. We've got to push this nation forward. If I would have run, I had run, or I don't know if I'm going to get back to New Jersey in time because I'm doing stuff. But if I would have, if I would have been in my county, that's what I would be pushing. We need to change. We need to pay decent wages. You're right. Laws on wages are there. We're going to have to find ways to raise to make sure fifteen dollars. An hour is the minimum wage. I ran on that in Sussex County. I ran on that before the mayor of Jersey City ran on it in Jersey City, Fulop. I ran it on it, uh, and you can check. I ran on it uh, both as an assembly person and uh, a freeholder candidate in the Democratic Party. Uh, but a lot of people aren't getting uh, Walmart and, and uh, uh, Amazon. Uh, they have uh, three million cashiers. Do you think they need 3 million cashiers? I mean, when you go in there now, you see, if you go into Walmart, you see a bank of uh, self-units. Yes. That's what's coming to Walmart, robotics. There's, I said this on the Hercules show. There is a whole Japanese chain that has only the manager and is fully staffed by robotics, the waiters, waitresses. Now, I haven't seen that chain, but I have seen something in uh, – in uh, uh, Florida, where a conveyor belt goes by, and you pick things. And but, one but this clear, but so what, what is the solution then? If everything's going to be robots, then should we all be like engineers be and like robots, working? But it's going to be a battle like working for the in a trade. 
what is the solution well, then specifically to, to I, that? I, the trade is we're losing out on trade. We should have talked trade a long time ago in the Clinton I meant like this, I meant like building trade unions. Like I'm asking you, like, what is the solution then to like your well, issue with like the these guy robotics? That I well, robotics, I told this to my son, and he doesn't want to believe it. First of all, I developed in New Jersey most of the apprenticeship tests for most of the craft unions, and I've done it for companies like Mars. So in other words, when they apply for an apprenticeship, uh, most of them except the IBEW take a test that I helped develop. Uh, yeah, but this is really the question, though. The question is that things will impact, uh, will impact those workers as well. You know, right now I have a son-in-law that's just putting like uh, – uh, is working in and making simple installations as an electrician. My son was lucky to be trained in Florida and New Jersey, so he has additional skills. But robotics is coming into the world of work. For instance, low roofs. If you want solar, uh, solar, solar paneling or, or uh, you know, outside air conditioning, you have to either have a robot or you have to have a long arm with a uh, – uh, with the ability to hook wires up. Things are changing. Every job is going to change. Those guys that you were talking about in the machines of the past, their jobs changed. That They lost. Those were Basically, that was Marx's uh, theory, that they would be an evolution. Marx is an evolutionist. Mannheim and the uh, sociological and uh, Weber are, are two others that took a less harsh, a harsh uh, view of things. Uh, you have uh, the end of uh, the end of the industrial re- relation, uh, revolution occurred about 1977. We're in a post-industrial society. It's, Bill, there've been on, that, on, this. On, on that note, let uh, uh, Dan, because Dan has a lot to, to respond to, and uh, uh, he's asking questions. So let Dan fully respond, uh, and then we'll go back. And uh, this is fascinating. So uh, we're blessed, uh, maybe that. Uh, uh, Roberto won't be joining us for a little while longer. So Dan, you have the floor. <laughs> yeah, so like I get it, you know, like companies are changing, jobs are changing. Like that's not the problem. Jobs have changed in the past. Like there used to be people that like dealt with films and like fooled films in movie theaters. There used to be, you know, like all sorts of like people the way like Ben Franklin used to have to like physically like press down on a printing press to make a newspaper. You know, now I write on the internet on a website that uses like some code and stuff. So, you know, the issue isn't for me that the economy is changing. The economy is changing and people will get jobs. A coder is not a stupid person. A lot of them are dynamic. You know, they're well-educated. You know, they're from good families. So I'm not really worried about a coder. A coder is a pretty middle-class position right now for somebody to get. They're going to find other jobs. They're the people that are going to find other companies to work for. You know, maybe they'll start some other companies doing some other things. You know, so that's not really the issue. The issue is creative people, for example, who aren't being paid well. It's people who have jobs and aren't really making money, enough money. You know, people are... You know, we have, what, the Dow at 17,000, we have low unemployment, wages are still stagnant, people are still struggling to make ends meet. You know, like, people are still living check to check. Part of that is the fact, is the nature of health care, as Bill mentioned. The price of 
insulin is a sinful level. And that's really very unfortunate because healthcare is such a large part of the economy. And that's why we do need Medicare for all because businesses shouldn't have to pay this expense. It's not, it doesn't make sense. No other industrial country, no other country that's like America where they have like a, our level of living, our standard of living has our system of healthcare. And it's a horrible system. We have the worst service for the highest prices. That is a fact. Uh, and many people try to like say, like, oh, you know, like, oh, it's easy to get the doctor here, or, or they'll compare it to the worst aspects of, you know, other systems. But that doesn't mean we shouldn't try to improve, you know, our healthcare system. Uh, in terms of like the military, you know, I don't. Really, I'm not really a big military guy myself to say, oh, we need more ships, we need more soldiers, we need more sailors. Costa Rica doesn't have much of a military. You know, we're the military for Iceland and a lot of Western Europe, and we have bases in Germany and Japan that are a waste of money. We have a lot of waste of, of money in the uh, Department of Defense. Um, and that's not a popular opinion, I understand. That's not the opinion of AWA. AWA is solely on labor issues. But, you know, when we're looking at the budget, it is something to consider, for example, that, that we spend so much money on bases in Germany, you know, maybe bases elsewhere in the country. That, and that money, you know, is valuable money that could be spent on domestic programs, domestic programs like labor programs. You know, enforcement of labor laws, for example, is very low. And you know, we might have some good laws in the books, but we don't have enough inspectors at the Department of Labor. On the state level, most likely, and certainly on the federal level. So those, you know, I see that as an issue there. And, yeah, you know, Trump is horrible and he's ruining the world, you know, but that's not my issue. And, you know, we have 20, we have about 20 Democrats in the field. Somebody's going to win and most likely defeat Trump. And, you know, these things happen. But, you know, that's why you know, we're... You know, it can be hard, you know, to work and look at these macro issues sometimes. For example, you look at the world, the whole state of the world, everything's horrible, you know, but like that's why I say, you know, you can change things on the local level. You know, we pushed for a good amount of years. You know, I started, I was part of the coalition for 15 starting uh, around the beginning of 16, for example, and it still took uh, another couple of years, for example, and they had already been at it two years prior. And we didn't get the best law. We got the law. You know, it will be 10 an hour starting July 1st in New Jersey. People will feel that by the end of July. And it will go up a dollar a year until it's 15. And then it's tied to inflation, which is a really important uh, concept that's difficult yes, to explain. Is. That, you know, when people say, you know, oh, I used to only make a couple dollars or and whatnot. You know, but like the couple dollars you made in the 80s, the 70s. Uh, could buy a lot more than it could buy today, certainly. You know, it's funny. You know, the idea that, you know, for example, even like 15, you know, nobody can live on 15. You know, Elizabeth Warren told the story that, like, her family was saved when her mother got a minimum wage job and was able to support the three of them. And to me, you know, that's hilarious. Like, you could support even more than one person, like, on a minimum wage job. Like, it's so ridiculous. So 15 isn't even that 
great, but it is progress, certainly. But, you know, there's other issues. You know, I'm focused on, you know, the issue of the gig economy. You know, we have the, a lot of people working, different employers, a lot of employees. They're working for themselves. They don't really know what to do. They're isolated. They're working from home. They're working from cafes, libraries. Uh, the better ones are working from co-working spaces. But those people are more like small business people quite often. And it's a little easier for them. But we still have this large and growing thing of gig workers, people uh, who are working multiple jobs. And it's somewhere between 10 and 30% of the economy of the American workforce. You know, I say it's more around 30%. And, you know, these are the people we're trying to help. You know, not maybe not just people that are more like small business people, consultants making six figures and still going to... Disney World and send their kids off to college with not a terrible amount of worry, but rather the people that are struggling tend to make ends meet. You know, and this is especially impactful of many people of my generation, the millennials. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, it's come out that, you know, most millennials certainly are far poorer than their parents when their parents were their age. And, you know, and a lot of it's because of the Great Recession, some of it's because of wage stagnation, some of it's because of outsourcing. And it's really difficult that way. And, but it's not hopeless. You know, that's why, you know, I'm fighting to build AWA to help people. And that that's an awesome perspective. And again, uh, very optimistic. Um, I'm, I'm going to let Bill uh, respond now. But first, I just want to add uh, that this is valuable because uh, – we do need to be aware of what's going on in the world and uh, the, the possible futures that are forming before us. And we need to be proactive uh, in uh, preparing for you know, what may come uh, while knowing that that's totally beyond our control as uh, individuals. Um, I, too, tend to focus on the local uh, and do as much as I can on whatever level uh, that I can. Uh, even on uh, Facebook, I have around 5,000 people who are on the page. I don't know how many people are looking at my page at any given time, uh, but that's a potential audience of 5,000. So I try to share something positive and optimistic there. Well, again, um, you know, um, AI could go in a variety of directions, and science fiction authors have uh, tried to warn us about this uh, uh, since uh, robotics became an issue um, like a century ago. Uh, and I'm thinking of uh, the reimagined Battlestar Galactica, where uh, humanity <laughs> created the AI and then exploited the AI, and then the AI rebelled, uh, and uh, there was a great war. And, and you know, and in Battlestar Galactica, they kept saying, "All this has happened before. All this will happen again." And in the last episode, they showed that this cycles throughout uh, uh, humanity in the cosmos. Uh, it, it happened on COBOL, it happened in the 12 colonies, it happened on the Earth that was destroyed, uh, it happened on this Earth, and it seems to be something when humanity gets to a certain point, they will try to become gods and create uh, uh, new forms of intelligence and then enslave them. And sometimes it's robots, sometimes it's apes, like the planet of the apes, you know, it, it, it varies, sometimes it's clones, um, but we are facing this existential uh, you know, crisis and whether it will impact us positively or negatively, we don't know. So I think we need both approaches. So anyway, that's what I have to add. Bill, the floor is yours. Well, first of all, I'm an economist. 
and I focus on the minimum and the max. Uh, you, you got me wrong on that. I want to bring up one thing. The last time okay. uh, the minimum wage was in, uh, was geared to inflation was 1968, and it was worth 17 or 18 bucks an hour. Uh, it was five something. I don't know if that's going to happen this time, and I I do expect to see jobs uh, close. See, the gig economy doesn't only include coders. It includes some of these older workers, a lot of them, and they are going to lose jobs. Pack a job. Let me give you an example. I worked at Nabisco. There's a thing called the Project Logic Controller. That's the thing that does the assembly line work itself. It's like an eye. It glances over the... Uh, Years ago, you used to have people inspecting the quality of the cookies and uh, uh, make sure the crumbs weren't all over the place and they were clean and everything else, and then it would be pushed towards packaging. Uh, Project Logic controllers came into, a, 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 into effect. They're an electronic device. They're cameras, and they push these things through conveyors. I understand, Dan, the, uh, the, the, the lower level. You're debating me on things that I know and I've said. I see jobs going. They've been going since 1977. That was the end of the post-industrial society. Then along came the Clinton administration. We did have the uh, NAFTA package. Clinton made a major mistake. He thought China would fall in line and, and be happily tied to our world economy. Well, they didn't. They stole. They copied. Uh, they spied. They've done everything. Now, I want to go back to one thing that you said about the military. We have to have some concern for the military because the military, you talked about ports. I went to a conference. I belong to three agencies, the Foreign Policy Association, uh, the Center on Foreign Relations, and I belong to the Naval Institute. At the Foreign Policy Association, I went and heard three admirals talking about our bases around the world. Climate change is flooding our bases. Now, you know that, and I'm Hercules, I'm sure right now thinking about it, you know it too. Uh, so there's mm -hmm. a lot of problems. Uh, I'm not criticizing anything. I'm on top. I'm researching this every day. I'm writing a book on this stuff. I'm, uh, it's one of two books that I'm going to put out. I've gone back over years. I've, I've, I've looked at uh, over the last four or five generations. I've looked at government documents. I, I read a, a report. Uh, I've worked with every known industry in this, uh, in this country, including every labor union uh, that, that wears a hard hat or not. I've done apprenticeships for white-collar jobs, which were not as lengthy in education as the jobs that a, say, a IBEW electrician goes to and winds up with an associate's degree along the line. You're talking to somebody that knows the economy. Now, here's one thing that you ha haven't heard of, or maybe I've put this and I've sent this to Hercules. Uh, I just forgot the name of the economist. But he proposed total basic income. That's an income like the longshoreman guy. They only worked six months. They were paid, not unemployment, they were paid a guaranteed wage. Those experiments are going on in this country, in California and other areas of this country. They were going on in, Cal uh, in Canada, New Finland, uh, uh, Finland uh, Sweden, and other nations. I just forgot the uh, economist. He's a major leading Nobel Prize winner. He's a conservative. That's what surprised because I put this in journals and I put this in newspapers. And Knucklehead said to me, you're, you're just a uh, liberal whatever. Yes, I'm very liberal. I'm very radical too. That's a different point. 
so it's not a liberal thing. This is what they're looking at around the world. We can't keep our heads down and pay, play chicken, chicken little. This is a reality. This is coming. We're not prepared for it. Never in our history have we faced anything. It's not like, uh, you know, somebody stealing a cotton gin and bringing it to America. The cotton gins now are far memorized. I, one day in Patterson, I saw 24 companies close in one day. My uncle is in the, was in the far, uh, was in the Middle East. So I needed a letter for uh, Arabic and uh, other, uh, other groups. He wrote one for me to explain how the dyeing industry, uh, you know, the color of your shirts and whatever, they used to, some of these companies in the Patterson area, somewhere, uh, even near uh, in Hackensack, not far from Hercules, they, uh, some of them were very high tech for the time, 70s, 80s, and they disappeared whole, uh, totally. That work is not even done in this country. I followed a, a pot company, TFOP, which was made by blue-collar workers in Belleville. I followed it to Deptford, and then I lost it. It went to uh, China. Uh, you go into Walmart, you, uh, the only thing you can find that's made there in America is probably playing cards, Ohio playing cards. Uh, so a lot of these manufacturing jobs are increasingly going. Kodak, I was sent to Kodak to save a box, uh, a box camera uh, product in Fairlawn, New Jersey. I flew up the – see, I've been around. I hate to use – I'm not old in my way. I read everything. When Hercules was talking about, uh, uh, you, you know, helping people, Harvard Business Review subsidizes me on LinkedIn. I don't have 5,000. I have 3,200, 3,300. Uh, I I, I occasionally, I drop some of that stuff and put it on. You should join me on LinkedIn. You would pick up some of this stuff. What's going on? Economic change is occurring at a more rapid pace than ever anticipated. Somehow, and I even read an article yesterday. I was telling Hercules before you came on about how dangerous robotics can be. It comes out of maybe a TV show called The Twilight Zone. But it, is a, it, it came out of a thing called future technology, and we're, we're at that stage. And we as a nation are behind. You were too small or you weren't here. The Russians sent the spaceship up, up into space. Kennedy called us to do a uh, space race. He completed he – was, that race we took, we passed Russia. We're now talking about artificial intelligence and space wars. That was something that wasn't happening. Not everything is military. A, a military proposition, but when two state-owned countries are going around the world, take a building trains, planes, and everything, and airports from Africa to Europe uh, through Asia, and now in Latin America, that's serious. That's a serious thing. China is not going to fall by the wayside. I mean, people today have just noted. I, I gave a quote earlier about how this is the first time we're dealing with a, an Asian country. And it's not about race. They've come, they've sent thousands of their students to our country, and they've learned well. And uh, Hawaii, or whatever the name of that company is, is leading the race for the new 5G technology. That will take over so many avenues. Manual labor, as we know it, is going to go. There's no doubt about it. Will union workers have to change? In some capacity, maybe yes. Uh, the military is already exploring with it. They're using artificial intelligence. They're using robotics. 
not to the degree that we, uh, Rod Serling would say, but this is changing. People are going to be hurt, and we're not preparing these people for that. I'm not talking about something fluffy. The coders will, are bright, and maybe they will find. We need to engage in the new space race. That's what the issue is about. We need to harness our techno- technological skills and catch up quick. The jobs will go to, to the company, the country that has the more skills. We're fighting trade barriers. We've lost those industries. They're not coming back. You know it. You're not going to get any of this stuff back. The only ones hurt by this, uh, this in America are people that buy pro- products from Walmart or, or any of the other stores. Even Amazon is going to have a store again. It bought uh, TJ Maxx, I believe. Now, why would they buy TJ Maxx? Because they're going to put robotics in it. They've already said it. So uh, uh, a lot of seniors will lose jobs. Around the country, uh, uh, Amazon has factories. They, too, are part of this gig economy. They travel around, uh, win winter bagels. They f- go from Amazon plant to plant to plant. You've got to be more thorough in your research. I know about labor unions. I don't think you know that I was a vice president of a union, and I've worked with unions my whole life. I was also a chop steward for two unions. So um, I'm not, and this was recent. This was in the last five years. I know what I'm talking about. I see the change coming. Yeah, I've talked to craft unions about this. I've talked to a lot of people. I just wrote a piece, and I hope you looked it up. It comes. I borrowed it from uh, the Atlantic magazine, The Age of the American. It's called An Elegy for the End of the American Century. The American Century only lasts 50 or more years. It didn't last 100 years. Yeah, it reaches back to World War II. We had the Marshall Plan. But the country is not in the same place as it was. And it's not going to be that kind of magic unless we change, read, learn, go to school, and do the right things. I mean, I've written proposals. I've written a number of them. I know what I'm talking about. I've helped so many companies. I mean, I, was, uh, I, I had office space at Nabisco. Mars called me their best business asset. Uh, I helped every craft union in the state. Uh, I lost those 24 plants in one day, and I went through ex- extensive efforts. Think of Patterson, New Jersey, losing 24 plants in one day. Have they ever really come back? I mean, there's a guy named Chauncey Brown. Hercules, you had Chauncey on. Yeah, you had me sure. and Chauncey on. If yeah. you look at his website today, one of his websites, you know, he's blaming it on the Democrats. But Patterson lays in ruins in many parts. Uh, the city, uh, he, it's not really a Democrat. It's everybody. They've had Republican mayors. It's, just, it's more than that. It's the ignorance. Of, we did, ignored cities. We've done that the whole time. Uh, we need to catch up. I don't know if Amer- Americans are flocking to places like Hoboken if they have talents. They're paying exorbitant rent, and hopefully they're getting great jobs. But the economy is going to change. It could take a positive turn. I'm not doubting it. But I'm not just a macro. I'm a micro viewer of the economy. I read more than any person you can know. I, 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 I believe I, that because I've known you for very many uh, years. Um, we only have uh, seven more minutes uh, until the end of this segment, so I'll let Dan uh, respond, uh, and then we'll go okay. to a break, and we will start the AWA report after the break. Yes, that's a lot of issues. I don't doubt that you have experience. That's not really 
the issue at hand. You know, the issue at hand is what to do, you know, with what the problems that we have now and how things are going. For example, you know, people have looked at UBI, yeah, universal basic income has been an idea floating around since Nixon. And yeah, you know, like a guy's running for president on it. Okay, let's give everybody a thousand dollars. Okay, so like in places like Mississippi where they have no money, you know, it's not a bad idea. You know, so like people like the okay, we'll have a thousand dollars, but that doesn't really address the real issues here of people not getting paid money, you know, they're not getting good wages, they're being exploited, sexual harassment, wage theft, if you're especially unlucky and most likely brown, quite frankly. So that's, you know, we have all these problems with, like, the nature of the jobs that we do have here. And, you know, we have nature, and we have these companies, you know, looking around, you know, they can shuffle around, they can leave a country. You know, it seems like they can move without impunity, as if, the, as if we should all bow down to them and just, like, give them everything. You know, take my ring, take, take grandma's ring, take my watch. Whatever you want, just, like, let me keep my job. It's like, is that really, like, the world that, that we're going to live in? Like, do they really have, like, do we really have to bow down to them? Is there nothing we can do? What about, we, what about like, the notion of breaking these companies up? What about owning, buying a lot of those stocks? on the stock market. A lot of those companies are public, you know, so we can buy the stocks. You know, there is the idea then of these companies not being run uh, the way they're run for uh, every dollar to be squeezed out of everything, for example, then. You know, we have actually in Europe a fascinating example in Spain, in the northern Basque country, uh, a uh, previously really uh, poor region. They have the Mondragon Corporation, uh, which acts as like a cooperative. So everybody owns, all the workers, they own part of the company. And, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, the economy gets a little worse. So they might, people might have to, for example, work a few less hours, but everybody keeps their job, for example. And, you know, the mon and they've, um, since gone into a few other industries, for example, and the Mondragon example then has now been touted all over the world, all across the West. Now people are talking about the idea here. Uh, in this region, it was previously really the backwater of Spain. They don't even really speak uh, what we know as Spanish. You know, they don't even want to be part of Spain. You know, it's really that type of, like, backwater rural area. But now we have this great example of the Mondragon coming out of them. So I think we need to look at something like that, for example, to deal with some of these exploitative issues that I think we can agree are happening. These companies are exploiting people. China is, you know, taking advantage of hypercapitalism while still being ostensibly communistic. Uh, though the only thing communistic about them seems to be the dictatorship of the proletarian himself uh, there, so it's quite unfortunate uh, that China is acting the way it is, and <laughs> it's very unfortunate it did not go the way of the USSR in 89 uh, and previously and whatnot, and that the Dalai Lama did not start a uh, radical uh, guerrilla movement, 
but you know that's the Dalai Lama. So Tibet is the way it is, and the world is the way it is in many ways. So, you know, we do have to deal with it. I'm not saying that job that everybody's going to be able to keep the job and that everybody's going to have their ideal job that they wanted. You know, jobs do change. The economy changes. Something that was big in the 70s, you know, it can be thought of as now, as funny now. You know, alternative newspapers, a lot of them went online or disappeared wholly. The idea of any job connected to a payphone, I feel bad for somebody who invested long-term in that notion. You know, I have a friend, you know, we always joke whenever we see a payphone about it, it's now antique notion, and I, I just text some pictures. Oh, look at that. That used to be a phone booth. Now you can take a cell phone call in there. So, um, so we certainly do have to adopt to these changing times. But I don't think we need to exactly, you know, buy into, you know, the kind of argument that we've presented, that's been presented, I'm not saying even by Bill, but maybe, you know, by, you know, economists, by professionals, by people who benefit by the status quo and, you know, would only gain, you know, if we make a little change here and there. You know, but I'm saying in the aggregate here, maybe we have to take a look at the fundamental way things are working in terms of how our health care is run in this country, how and these corporations that, And work. on that note, we have to take a, a break, and I'm going to add to be continued. Uh, Bill, thank you very much for being on the, the new library show and for keeping us company during uh, the AWA show. Those were all uh, interesting points uh, you brought up. And uh, two of them are, are, are ones that uh, concern me. Like, I'm concerned with AI. Uh, I believe that there are benefits and that this could bring us a more positive future, as well as uh, all the concerns that you raised. And uh, I do trust uh, your background and uh, your insight into these things. Uh, and also space, which is something I've uh, not had the time to introduce uh, yet into the things that I'm doing, but it's always uh, been there. Um, so I'm looking forward to this uh, conversation uh, continuing, and perhaps we can invite other perspectives into it so that we can best navigate uh, uh, through it while we do everything we can to improve Get circumstances it. in the here and now. One, one thing, and I want, uh, I want Dan to know, I don't disagree with him on a lot of these issues. I actually agree with him. Uh, but I think a good guess would be, and it would drive us both crazy, would be to bring Maurice Sabrin, who uh, – has an institute at Ramapo and it's run as a, well, it's far right, but uh, he's a libertarian. Uh, and it's good to take, see what he says. Now, he's going to disagree with both of us uh, and then find somebody. Yeah, I believe you know, he would. But so, that's the I, I mean, I'm not disagreeing with radio, either. So let's do it. <laughs> I, 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 not on my show. <laughs> okay, we'll do another show. Bill and I will do it on Bill's show, but you're welcome to join us and add your, per- you can your join perspective. In. You can anyway, join in. You'll have fun. We're going to go to King of Dreams by Brand uh, Sardorian. Again, thank you very much, Bill, and I look forward to our next conversation. And Dan and I will be back after uh, the short break. Good night,
and welcome back to the Elysium Project Options and Opportunities Night. Uh, our next uh, guest, or more uh, accurately co-host, is Dan Uloa of the American Workforce Association. And the AWA has been doing some awesome things educating our community about uh, 1099s and W-2s. Um, how did the Clifton event go? It went well, actually. It was a good event. You know, we had some interesting uh, people there. We had a uh, chef and a restaurant owner there named uh, Seraphine. Oh, very uh, he cool. Was, uh, very, yeah, yeah. So Seraphine was very supportive of our event of AWA. And, you know, we're looking forward to working with him, for example, and you know, some of the organizations of chefs that he's worked with. Uh, in the past and has associations with, you know, so we're looking to build uh, towards that end. You know, he he's uh, based in Union City in Hudson County, so that's one of the mm-hmm. places, you know, we're looking to have uh, another uh, gig economy talk and perhaps do some organizing. So, no, it was really great that way. You know, we had other people who were really interested, who had experience. For example, you know, we're continuing our outreach to graphic designers and yeah, we had one graphic designer, you know, he was had a really interesting perspective. You know, it's like the idea, you know, if I can't find a job, if a job isn't coming, you know, I have to really invent one. And, you know, he's a graphic designer, you know, he has business cards, you know, he's very industrious in that fashion, you know, and that's like a great example of you know, somebody who's able to make something in this economy, you know, the way it is. Mm-hmm. So it's good in that yeah, fashion. Yeah, that's a good so. point. That's a good point. And uh, reinvention is, uh, um, you know, a healthy way to deal with uh, change because change will come, uh, whether we're expecting it or not. Not only in our uh, economy and on our mm-hmm. planet, but in our in our daily lives. You know, life is kind of unpredictable. Um, you know, even though we steer the currents as best uh, we can. Uh, we can, we can't see everything that's coming ahead. So uh, part of uh, a healthy skill set is uh, resilience. You know, being able to adapt to, to change. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yes, that's one of the things that is uh, actually important, and it's difficult that way. You know, sometimes you know people had dreams, for example, of X Y Z career, or they've been in X Y Z career. For so long, it's hard to get out of the mentality quite often and adopt. That's very true. Most recently, I had uh, dreams in the gig economy, and I've, I've actually been uh, navigating through that uh, um, for the past uh, few years, and I'm getting to see the realities a little bit more. So part of it mm-hmm. I like and I'm going to stick with, and part of it I don't like and I'm going to uh, pull away from and now I have four or five new notions to, to discover if they're uh, viable or not. Uh, but the ones I decided on uh, pursuing, I've tested them. Uh, so I, I, I'm pretty sure that uh, they'll succeed. So uh, uh, onward to the new, to the next uh, adventure. And uh, even though I'm, I'm, I'm now 60, um, I don't feel like I'm 60. So this, this is very much an adventure and there's high stakes, like in all adventures and, uh, um, I have a vision, so that'll help uh, guide me. And that's one of the things I love about uh, the AWA is that you have a vision and a focus, and you're open to new possibilities. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, thank you. There, you know, I'm glad. Uh, you know, you feel uh, younger than your age. You know, they say it's just a number 
You know, it's all about uh-huh. mentality. And, you know, we are looking to create something new in this age. You know, for example, uh, taking, you know, some of the best elements of, for example, labor union, of community organizing, of nonprofits, you know, create something new, for example, that, you know, has been not exactly tried precisely in this fashion. So it's uh, it's interesting that way. And, you know, there's challenges, but there's also great opportunities. And, you know, with uh, great support from people like you, you know, we do uh, uh, look favorably on the future. Uh, I'm very optimistic, as you know, from knowing me, too. I I, I do look at these concerns. I don't ignore uh, things as they arise because I might have to deal with them. But uh, I I see an optimistic uh, future ahead. Uh, Astrid, one of our uh, um, uh, hosts on the Elysium Project, uh, she and I have been working on uh, trying to focus on positive things uh, happening in our, you know, for me, it's mostly Bergen County, for her, mostly uh, Sussex County. And uh, we're finding as we uh, do this, uh, even, you know, though we we just scratched the surface on it, that there's so many opportunities to get help (laughs) that are there that you can't even know about them all. There's so many of them and it becomes humbling. And it it also feeds the optimism because, yes, our world has problems. Yes, we need to uh, face them and address them. And, yes, we need to make necessary changes uh, but there are lots of really good people trying to do really good things uh, that counterbalance all the people who are trying to uh, enslave us uh, through economics and things like that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's great. You know, there is opportunity. You know, sometimes it's a little like looking for gold or prospecting that you have to dig through all this dirt, for example, and then you find this funny-looking rock, you know, you dust it off, you wash it, and then it looks like you struck gold. Yes. So there's certainly opportunities like that, for example. There's different jobs out there. And, you know, there are a lot of small businesses and uh, business people in general who do understand the nature of these problems in the economy. You know, we have a businessman on our board, you know, had a career in you mm-hmm. know finance for some 30 years, for example, no background in labor unions, no real, you know, uh, love of that tradition. You know, always, every so often made a Jimmy Hoffa joke, you know, say, oh, he's buried under a giant stadium. But, you know, having been self-made, having put himself through college as a waiter and seeing, like, the vicious competition that exists in the white-collar business world, you know, is mm-hmm. has great sympathy for AWA, for example. So, you know, we are, we are trying to build, bring people together from very different backgrounds in that fashion as well. That, that is incredibly other organizations. Hmm? No, that, that is incredibly awesome. And uh, I, I like the fact, I always like the fact that you're open to uh, different perspectives and that you'll actually, you know, weigh things and give things a chance rather than being, um, you know, focused on what you currently believe. Yeah, absolutely. That way, yeah. It's like this, like when I, uh, <laughs> for listeners of this podcast, all all four of you, if you remember when I uh, spoke with uh, Christine, uh, the president of the uh, Tenafly Chamber of Commerce, you know, I thought that would be a much more combative uh, debate, you know, talk than it turned out to be. So, 
know, there's always right. <laughs> there's always things that uh, will surprise you and people that will surpri- surprise you in life in that fashion. Yeah, that, that's very true. Christine is a very special uh, individual, and uh, uh, she's behind a lot of the positive things uh, that happen in Tenafly. Um, you know, if you follow her activities, you know, she, she's really a positive force and uh, a great uh, asset to uh, um, uh, Tenafly as a borough and beyond Tenafly, too. Oh, that's great. Now, one of the yeah, things so here- that... Oh, go ahead. No, <laughs> I'm so bad at this. I'm sorry. You can't, you say it. One of the things that Christine has been uh, working on is the Northern Valley Greenway project. And that will transform uh, abandoned railroad systems uh, in several boroughs in in Northern Valley um, into um, a a more recreational type of area where people can walk and and so forth. And also... um, there are there's a movement underway to join a lot of small uh, towns that don't have a chamber of commerce into like a mega chamber of commerce. Uh, so both of those uh, things that are unfolding, and and again, Christine's is years ahead of the the, cha- the Universal Chamber of Commerce at this point with the Northern Valley Greenway, but there too it presents uh, opportunities for employment because somebody's going to have to construct. Uh, this Northern Valley Greenway, and you know, there's a lot of work uh, cleaning out old uh, uh, railroad ties and wood, and you know, laying gravel and so forth. Um, and uh, also with this, uh, like, uh, unified uh, chamber of commerce uh, uh, here in North, North uh, Jersey, that's going to change things also. So that's a, a very interesting uh, thing to just basically follow and see what's going on. So. Those may fizzle out. They may lead to what they're envisioning, and then, um, you know, what they're envisioning is going to change things. So we're going to be doing things very differently here. So it's good that the AWA has its pulse on things like that, and uh, uh, you know, this this way again, see where the current is going. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that does sound quite interesting in terms of the Greenway, a larger chamber. You know, I hope it uh, contains. Uh, or uh, has the philosophy of Christine in uh, that fashion. So seems quite interesting. Yeah, you know, we're doing different interesting things. You know, we're, you know, in the process now of trying to put together a video. And it's really funny, you know, I was talking to my friend who has a lot of experience in video editing professionally, and he was saying, why, why just make one video where it's just, a standard thing of somebody of you talking, but rather editing it together, for example, of multiple videos and with That's the music. That yeah, is awesome. So, that, so we are, yeah, so we're planning that. We're likely to attach that to an Indiegogo fundraising campaign in uh, coming week. Because that is like the new medium now is YouTube and these short videos. So something that we uh, plan to do and seems like it has great potential in that fashion. Especially, you know, we have people... Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, it seems to be the thing now is that we have people who are a little more isolated than they used to be. It's not like everybody's going to hang out at the town square 
go drinking at the bar, you know, you you can, you know, watch the game on your own TV or stay home and watch TV on your laptop, for example. So finding people who are isolated, and especially if you're isolated because you can't afford to go to the bar, you can't afford to be hanging out and buying this and that, you know, these are the people we really are trying to reach. So right. it makes all the more sense then to try interesting digital strategies in that fashion. And again, we don't know what will work and for how long it will work, and that's why it's important to keep trying new things because uh, uh, I remember a billboard of uh, MySpace. I remember MySpace when that was a thing. and uh, uh, That was the pre-Facebook Facebook. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was interesting that way, like how MySpace was very quickly something and then pretty much fizzled out and I highly doubt if it still exists. It might still exist. Somebody told me that it was become like a big music thing. So like a lot oh, more really? niche. That's interesting. Yeah, I think so. Because we, we were talking about that how, how big it was in like 05, 06, 07 and now it's like, oh, what, what a quaint notion. Much like the phone booth idea. I miss phone booths, though, because <laughs> they're very convenient, and uh, sometimes uh, your cell will run out of juice, or you know, it won't get reception. You know, the phone booths were there. They were everywhere, and as long as you had some change or there was someplace open nearby where you can get some change, you can, you can call anywhere. Yeah, no, it is really funny that way, and like on Capitol Hill, there still are the booths, the physical booths where the phones used to be. Now you can just take them and put their, uh, go in there with your cell phone. And they used to have those in the uh, state house in Trenton, but it's under great renovation now, and I highly doubt they'll survive. Um, so it is like an example of the march of time and whatnot. Indeed. Uh, Astrid, uh, when uh, she's uh, back to the show, um, she and I started talking. Uh, she has background in union organizing. So uh, she and I had started talking about possibilities, and she's heard you and she's talked to you on uh, the podcast. So, you know, you already met uh, Astrid. Uh, so that should be a bunch of interesting uh, conversations. And, uh, um, you know, we could start spreading awareness throughout uh, Sussex County as well. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I do remember Astrid. We did have some good conversations in the uh, fall, I believe. That, that's great. Yeah, she was a lovely woman that way. Oh, Sussex she's, she's interesting. a wonderful woman. Yeah, yeah, Sussex is interesting that way because, you know, because it's so Republican there, people are quite yeah. strident and, like, variously um, passionate, for example. And then, you know, we did get Josh Gottheimer into Congress, and I do believe he represents Sussex. Uh, you know, the nature of Gottheimer, you know, is a different story. Yeah, that that of her pros and cons... Uh... Uh, from all sorts of uh, people, uh, you know, the, the people either uh, love him or don't love him at all. <laughs> so he's, there's a polarization there, and it seems to cross lines uh, uh, into Democrat and Republican independence. So it's not even consistently polarized. It's kind of spread out the polarization. Yeah, that sounds about right. But, uh, so. again, a lot, a lot of interesting things are going on with that, too. 
Yeah, absolutely. So we're always looking at, you know, the nature of how things are going in Congress. And, you know, it seems that uh, there are people, at least on the Democratic side, who understand these issues. For example, you know, uh, Cory Booker, Kristen Gillibrand, Mark Warner, Sanders uh, from New York, New Jersey, and Virginia, respectively, have all announced good bills on labor issues, you know, and you know, it's difficult oh, with this climate right now. So, you know, we'll have to see what a 20, uh, 20 and 2021 looks like. So, so it's been pointed out that some of the pre- uh, candidates running for president would better serve this country if they took Senate seats. So, you know, something's difficult that way. If you don't have the three, the two chambers of the presidency, say the three things that you need to really pass legislation, it's quite difficult. That's why, you know, we were able to get a version of health care reform through uh, in 09 and 10 that became uh, the ACA, Obamacare. We got financial reform in the form of Dodd-Frank, but they weren't as strong as we had hoped for, and a number of bills died subsequently uh, that we still need major reform on, among them transportation and the environment, labor, and immigration. Is there a way where, because uh, I'm trying to think outside the box, and uh, you know, because uh, uh, these things all tend to blend together uh, uh, into a larger gestalt, uh, is there a way that I can be made aware of legislation that would be helpful um, to people's uh, economic prosperity and economic well-being, and uh, this way I could promote it on whatever platforms I have? Right now I'm thinking of getting back on LinkedIn as well. It's been a few years since I was last active there, uh, but now that we're doing more and more uh, workforce uh, development, employability, and labor, uh, it's a good place to be because that's why people primarily go there. And uh, if you uh, can have somebody keep me informed about that, uh, I can more effectively uh, act on things, and also I can share with others who might be inclined to do so as well. And that'll be uh, like a post from uh, Astrid or from Bill, a post you know, from Danaloa and the American Workforce Association, and you know share the information. And this way we can get more people. Because uh, as you know, not everybody uh, goes out there and gets involved with things. As you pointed out, a lot of people stay home because uh, we're living more insulated lives. So this way it is a chance to reach those people and to give them uh, practical tools uh, that they can use to effect change. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that, that's an interesting idea to say where to find information. Well, so, so if you want better, so information on federal policies, uh, Politico.com has a daily uh, morning listserv. It's really good for okay. following such things, actually. And, you know, they cover it in a very even-handed uh, way, I'd say, covering, you know, different things that are going on in terms of Congress, in terms of the union in terms of, you know, regulation. You know, regulation is an area that's quite, uh, we're losing a lot of ground right now. You know, it's something that Obama was able to push, you know, when he wasn't able to push Congress. You know, he did uh, act in favor of good regulation, for example, overtime for white-collar workers and, you know, these issues of being in the gig economy, an independent contractor or a full-time employee that we have these Uber drivers, you know, a lot of these people depend on this money. You know, they work it more than 40 hours a week, certainly. 
and you know the terms of, that they work are dictated by the nature of that platform. They're only able to get customers through that platform. And now, you know, Trump's labor department is saying, oh, no, no, they're not employees. They're 1099 contractors. So, you know, that's a great setback, uh, quite unfortunately. But, you know, there's always, you know, there can always be a silver lining to things that, for example, it seems that one of the uh, court cases that's uh, against Trump, you know, there's a certain judge by the name of Merrick Garland who's uh, hearing that case now. And if anybody uh, forgets, Merrick Garland is the uh, judge who was very well qualified, who had a good record on labor issues that uh, Barack Obama wanted to appoint to the Senate that uh, the Republicans said no to. Oh, they wanted to appoint him to the Supreme Court. I'm sorry. Okay. So it's still funny that way. Well, we've reached the end of our uh, time together. Uh, uh, Thank you so much, Dan. I always look forward to our conversations, and I always look forward to um, our adventures in trying to make the world a a better place uh, for all. Uh, Please give my regards to all uh, the folks at uh, the AWA, and uh, I'll give you a call um, this weekend, and uh, we'll take things from there. Sounds good. Thank you, Hercules. You know, thank you for having me on. You know, uh, for those listening, you know, for those in doubt and struggling, remember there are strengths and strengths in numbers. You are not alone. Your economic situation is not that unique. A lot of people are struggling, and there's always hope sometimes. And you know, you can always find some uh, good uh, gold nuggets among the dirt. Very well said, and an excellent uh, place to end the show. Uh, Everybody, thanks for joining us. Until next time, this is Dan and myself. Wish you joyous journeys and prosperous uh, adventures. Thanks for listening to the Spiritual Unity Radio Network. Join us seven nights a week for exciting programming covering a variety of expressions of faith. And remember, all manifestations of the divine are equally valid.